Hey, welcome Hope Grown Faith to another Monday Mom Mentor, where we are equipped and encouraged to nurture the hope of Christ in our home. So today I have the pleasure of introducing you to Timberly Gray. Hi, Timberly. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. So Timberly, do you want to introduce yourself to us? Sure. My name is Timberly and uh, my husband Andre and I are the founders of Living Our Priorities, where we help people make time for the things that matter most. Uh, in the areas of faith, family, and work. And we have two beautiful young adult children. <laughs> and we live out in sunny Las Vegas. Ooh. So, yeah. Although it's, it's sunny but cold today. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> I will take cold if I can have sun. I don't know. These days that are like kind of cold-ish but gloomy, I'd much rather have a sunny, cold day. Oh, I love gloomy. I love <laughs> cloudy. I love rainy. When it's sunny, I close all the blinds. I don't want to see the sun. <laughs> so I will take I will take gloomy any day. Okay, well, I'll pass it on. Okay. <laughs> That's what we have right now. <laughs> so you were saying that you, your kids are young adults now, which is actually exactly why I contacted you because when we are looking for mom mentors, often we end up with moms that are, you know, kind of in about the same stage and we can learn from them as well. But I think it's so great to hear from moms who kind of been there, done that. I know you're not done parenting, you still have children, but yes. they're not, they're not in the same stage. So you can kind of look back with a different perspective. So thank yeah. you. You're welcome. All right. So I just have some questions for you, I guess. Um, uh, if you think back to, you know, when your kids were I don't know, still in your house. <laughs> How did you and God stay connected during those times? Motherhood, I'm sure, is busy. I mean, I haven't hit the teen years yet, but I'm sure they're just as busy as any other time. So how do you how did you and God stay connected? Well, for us, um, it has always been making God a priority. Um, we just realized that beyond the kids, just life in itself was really difficult for us to um you can't move in the day with all the chaos without God. So we just always believe that if we don't start with him, then we try to do the day on our own and it doesn't go well. And we're not perfect. The times we would, we would be like, I'm so busy. I'll just pray when I get back. But that never happens because mm -hmm. the busy on top of busy, the kids, the interruptions that just never happens. So we had learned early on that if God was going to be first or we were going to have him control our day and invite him into our day, we had to start with him, which means um, we have started the habit of getting up early before our day got started. Mm. Um, and it, it was, we had to de develop that habit. So getting up at five, five 30, um, wow. sometimes is like, gosh, I just want to sleep in, but for us, we just, we were so much more productive, so much more peaceful um, by doing that. So to get up, start with prayer, to study, whether it's devotional or just listening to worship, meditating, but giving him the first part of our day. Hmm. Um, and that grew from meeting with God to taking care of our temple because we realized how tired we were, mm -hmm. like trying to press through the day. And so sometimes that 5.30 got pushed to five <laughs> like because we were like, okay, we need time to pray. We need time with God and we need time to take care of our temple. So whether it's stretching, exercising, whatever it is, mm -hmm. 
we just, and so now we've developed this habit where we need a good, and it's not, it, you know, it doesn't work for everybody. Um, we need a good two hours before the day starts. And it took us a while to get there. Yeah. But if you start with just 30 minutes, it will make, even if you start with 15 minutes, it will make the biggest difference by inviting him into your day. You know, we talk about living within the priorities of God and part of our starting with God is also inviting him into our schedule and, um, and then letting him direct our schedule, tell us what to say no to so that we prioritize our God family, you know, God, spouse, family, ministry, and work. So we want to prioritize our family and not be so consumed with work and all these other things that our family is in the wind, or we are so involved in our children's schedule that we don't have time for God. Hmm. And so waking up with him, prioritizing him first thing, really, um, we just believe that's what helped us in the busyness of life between sports and school and all of that. Like we have to start with him. We just have to, even if it's 15 minutes, you have to start with him. Hmm. That's so good. I mean, you can even do that in the shower too. <laughs> in the shower, in <laughs> the bed. really desperate, right? <laughs> you know, sometimes I'd have to pray, pray in the spirit before I could get out the bed. Like, Lord, I'm sorry. I can't even pray in English because I'm too sleepy. <laughs> I love that. So it's, when did you start that? How old were your kids when you started getting up? Um, quite a bit they older. were, so our daughter was probably like two and our son was, uh, let's see, cause he's six years. So he was like eight. Hmm. Um, so you still had a pretty little person in your house. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and as they got older, it, um, it, it really stayed the same. It started to look a little different because now that we were used to getting up, we didn't stay in our room at five, five 30 hmm. because we were used to getting up so early. So we started to come out and whether we were in the family room, I would have a heating pad, a cup of coffee, my Bible. And then eventually as our kids got older, we started to see them like duplicate. Hmm. And so like my daughter, one time I came down um, I just saw this on my timeline, actually, as a shared memory. I came downstairs one morning and my daughter had my heating pad, my Bible, and the coffee on in my favorite chair. And I was, she, was like, she was being you. <laughs> she was, yeah, like she was all setting it up. And I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So as it, as they got older, we would come and then, you know, so precious one, one day I was in my office reading my Bible because sometimes we would sit in our office. We have a, a where I'm meeting you right now. We have a table and chair where Andre and I will sit and study together sometimes. And I was studying and there was a gift card in my Bible, um, a gift card for me to get my eyebrows done from my son. Oh, and I was like. And he was, I think, 18 at the time, but I was like beyond surprised that, and it was like, hey, mom, just because I love you, which I was like, oh, he's going to make such a wonderful husband. Yeah. But I was like, he knew where I go. Yeah. He knew to put it in your Bible. He knew to put it in my Bible. He knew that I would be sitting there reading my Bible. So, so Yeah. Where did, I just read this story the other day. I can't even remember where it was, where a mom had given her kids these two Bibles as they went off to camp for the week. And she had said, don't forget to read your Bibles or, you know, and of course the whole week they didn't even crack them. But then the whole week they were also like, look at all these other kids who are buying things with tuck money and then we don't have any money. And it turns out they get home and she's like, 
Mm, you didn't look in your Bible, did you? And there's money in there for them. <laughs> so she knew they had never opened them. <laughs> that was kind of funny. Yeah, that is funny. <laughs> Reminds me of your story. I love that. I love that your kids know that about you. Has that, have you seen that as they are adults now? Have you seen them continuing to follow in some of those or, or trying some other things on their own or how did? Yeah, you know, right now we're at a real um, pivotal time with our daughter. She mm. was about five years ago diagnosed with a rare autoimmune condition. Oh, wow. um, so she's 20 now and she was 15 when she was diagnosed. And um, this is such a rare condition that very few doctors understand it. Mm. Um, and most times by the time they figure it out, sometimes the kids have passed, like she was diagnosed as a, as a juvenile. So now that she's an adult, we have her seeing different specialists. We've had to travel to see these specialists and, um, it, as a parent watching this, it is so difficult because there is nothing that we can do beyond, you know, of course we're standing in the gap, we're praying, we're doing all these things, but as a parent, there's nothing you can do. And we're praying, but what has been a blessing in this is seeing her wake up early and she is worshiping. Wow. She is putting on worship music that speak to healing. There are times we come home from the specialist and she's taking a shower and I can hear her in the shower with worship music on and, and singing her lungs out. And um, that for us is like, if there's anything she gets from this, is her finding God on her own, yeah. you know, and, um, to see her first thing in the morning, cause she gets up early. She gets up early. Wonder where she gets that from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she gets up early and she'll be sitting down eating her breakfast and she'll have a sermon on, or she's listening mm -hmm. to worship while she's eating. And, um, and so, just being that example in front of them when they were younger, it's one thing you can tell them to read their Bible and tell them to do these things because, mm -hmm. you know, but as they get older, that kind of changes. Um, the telling doesn't really work. And yeah. so when you see them living it on their own as a parent, that's like, okay, you know, that, that seed that was planted is starting to bear some fruit. So yeah, that's amazing to be able to see that because I feel like a lot of us are kind of at the point right now where it's just the constant like, okay, we're going to do this again and we're not seeing much fruit. You know, there's the occasional, but then you get to see that. Yeah. Well, One of the things yeah. we did um, as they as they got a little older and could have conversation um, one of the things we did was we like to call it couch time and we would sit around the couch and we would ask them like, what are they believing God for? Or what are they struggling with that we as a family can pray and not just pray right there on the couch, but it was kind of like a family meeting. When I was growing up, my parents would do family meetings for us to talk about what we all didn't like in the house. Oh, wow. And, and this wasn't that kind of family meeting. This was a <laughs> Like, I always liked that concept because I thought it was kind of cool because if there was something bothering us, that was the time to get it all out, mm. you know, on the table. But we did couch time to find out what was going on in each other's life and what could we all be praying for so that when we're all praying on our own, mm -hmm. um, that we're praying for the needs of us in the family. And like I said, they're a little older now, so they can, they can understand this. Yeah. Um, and that has helped because now that they're 
20 and 26, we will have conversations or we're in group texts that -hmm. they'll say, you know, Hey, I got this coming up. Can everybody, you know, be praying for this? Like it was a habit that was developed out of, out of that. And I remember one particular good lesson (laughs) for my son was, um, he had told us, this is right when he was starting to drive. And he was like, yeah, I want everyone to pray that I find a job so that I can buy a car. And this was like, he was 16. Oh yeah. And so I was like, why are you telling God how to get you this car? Uh-huh. So you want us to pray for you to get a job so you could buy a car. So the only way God's going to give you a car is if you get a job. I said, why don't you just tell us to pray for a car and let God figure out how you're going to get this car. And he was like, oh, okay. So we all started praying that. And what ended up happening was he got a car and got a job, oh. but he didn't have to pay for the car. Oh. And so that <laughs> lesson was so huge to him that now like every time something comes up and he wants to pray for something he's like we're not gonna tell god how to do it we're just (laughs) (laughs) but it came in those that are couch time of Mm -hmm. just how's everything going and everybody you know what's going on in school what's going on with this and is there something we can all be praying for so that we all pray and then when we come back and do couch time then we talk about how all that's going so Mm -hmm. And now that they're older, it's, it's a little different. It's by text, you know, just different things, but that principle still stands. That's cool. So how often did you do this coach time? Um, we would do it several times a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at night, regularly. You know, at night after dinner, we would all yeah. be sitting around and oh. yeah. That is very cool. We've never done anything like that in our family. I really like that idea though. Oh, yeah. this is why I love doing the mom mentors <laughs> for me. <laughs> I learned so much. Thank you. It's so cute because like, even at their age, they still want couch time. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. they're getting like time with you where they get to talk to you and you're listening and treating yeah. them like humans. <laughs> Everyone yeah. wants to be listened to, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how has your relationship with God changed the way you parent aside from getting up at 5 a.m.? <laughs> Um, with them being young adults now. Yeah. Well, uh, so we realized that, you know, we're in this stage where we can't tell them what to do. Like we used to be able to, (laughs) it's like, you're going to do this. Um, that does not work at this age. And so I have to say the hardest part is trusting them in God's hands. Because we as a parent want this control. And I am realizing that no matter how old they get, we still want this control. Even when they're older, we want to control the outcome. We want to protect them. Um, My husband has this saying, I think he got it from his mom that says what I can't teach you life will. Uh. That we want to make these decisions, but... Um, so what made me realize this or makes it a little easier is realizing that as much as I love them, I know God loves them more. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Good thing. But think about as much as a parent, as a mom, like we love our kids so much that God loves them more than this love that we have for them, which means I have to trust that if God loves them more than I do, then I have to trust that he's going to take care of them, protect them, hmm. um, and that he's not going to let anything happen to them. I think the, you know, as Christian moms, we feel like if our kids go astray, 
or don't live the life that we want them to live based on how we raise them, then we feel like we failed, like we did something wrong, you know, but Proverbs 22, six that everybody quotes and use when they're talking about their kids, train up the child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart, but the scripture doesn't say anything about, they won't deviate. They won't deviate. They won't pivot. They're going to do what they want to do. I mean, I did it. You probably did it. Um, they're going to deviate. And if we know that, but we know that God loves them more than we do, then we have to place them in his hands and trust that God's going to work it out. So I call it, I just sick the Holy spirit on them. And I'm like, <laughs> Lord, you convict their heart. You know that what they should not be doing. And because the thing is we want them to hear his voice, not ours. Yeah. I don't want them to do something because of you're going to have to hear mom's mouth. No, I want you to feel convicted because you care about what God thinks. Mm -hmm. And so the best, so for me, the hardest thing has been to just trust them in his hands. And then I did tell my kids this about a year ago. I said, I was praying in my war room because now I have a war room. (laughs) I was praying in my war room and I was like, you know what? Your choices are not a reflection of my parenting. The Lord has freed me from the guilt of thinking that as a young adult, that what you decide to do is a, re- it is not a reflection of my parenting. Y'all know better. We, we have sowed good seed. And so <laughs> I am just going to have to trust that the Lord will convict you when you do something. I don't need, I don't need to be the one to tell you because the thing is in order for them to change, that's going to have to come from God and the Holy spirit. Not just because I don't want you to upset, you know, be upset or think about, I'm going to upset my mom. No, is this pleasing to God? Mm-hmm. And that's all you need to be concerned about answering to. Yeah. And I so. I think yeah. that protects your relationship with them too, because you're not nagging at them to change, yes. right? You're just, yes. okay, God's going to deal with you. Yeah. I'm just going to love you. you. Know, my son, he's 26. And both my kids are a little different. Like my son is real chill and my daughter is a social butterfly. And so they are completely different. But one day I had asked him a question and he was like, mom, don't ask a question you don't want the answer to. <laughs> and I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to know. <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, like, I'm going to slap this boy. If he tells me he did something stupid, I'm going to slap him upside this wall. <laughs> and then like, as I have that thought, the Holy Spirit was telling me, um, how would you respond to a youth at church that mm-hmm. was coming to you for help? And we've had some, my husband and I are bivocational pastors, which means we we work jobs, but we also serve as pastors oh. in our church. So we don't, we don't serve full time. Well, we serve full time, but we don't yeah. do ministry full time. Like we work, yeah. you know, regular jobs. So anyways, there we've had some youth come to us with some some crazy stuff. And we just sit there like, okay, well, so how do you feel about that? Like we would show such love and grace and patience and then, you know, encourage them and help them not feel, you know, condemned, you know, all these things. So I'm listening to my son tell me this crazy story. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to slap him upside this wall. And then the Holy Spirit was like, and how would you respond to a youth at church? And then I was like, dang, like how, how quick we are not to be judgmental, but we do it like I'm your parent and this is discipline. And if a parent loves their child, they're going to discipline. Like we, we come up with this thing, but it's like at the end of the day, no, I need to extend the same patience, love and grace that I would give to somebody else who felt like they made this big mistake. Mm -hmm. I need to show that to them. And so 
my demeanor totally changed. So then when I asked him, well, how did you, how did you feel about, did you think that was the right thing to do? Like, instead of me being harsh as a parent, like I would have, or had done in the past, you should have seen the look on his face. He was looking at me like, where is my mother? (laughs) (laughs) And that helped because that helped, um, that helped him process what was happening, but then it helped our communication going forward. He wasn't afraid to tell me things, thinking that, you know, I'm not gonna tell my mom because she's gonna be disappointed. Now mm. now he tells us stuff we don't really wanna know because I'm like, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> you ain't got to be that honest. <laughs> but, uh, there but is no, a level. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but I appreciate it because now, you know, the communication is so much better. And and he's mm-hmm. the first to say, like, when something's going on, he's the first to to ask for prayer, mm-hmm. um, to tell us, you know, when he's feeling like something's not right. And so wow. that's the biggest thing that has changed is just recognizing we can't tell them what to do. They come to this age where it doesn't matter how they are. We have to completely trust them in God's hands. We pray. They keep us on our knees more as an adult than when they were children oh i've heard Um, yeah and uh and just recognizing and knowing that god loves them so much more than we do and then having that patience and grace like we would with anybody else off the street you know we have to do that like even with our with our our spouses you know i know we're talking about our children but the way we communicate with our spouse affects our children and we can have so much grace and patience for people at work but then we don't have that kind of patience with our spouse and and god showed me that's the same thing like with our children we'll have all these patience for kids at church yeah we don't have the patience for our our kids or we'll have all this patience for people that you know we work with but we don't have that kind of patience with our spouse so you know the greatest thing that we can show our kids is the love of god and no matter how many times we mess up, he gives us so much grace, so much mercy, so much patience and forgiveness, even when we feel like we don't deserve it. There was a time, I know I'm rambling. There was a time, my son, we told him to walk a certain way to school mm-hmm. because if something happened, I need to know where I could find you. If right. you go DV somewhere else, I'm not going to know. Yeah. So he decided to walk a different way to school because his friend was going to go a different way. And he wanted to make sure he didn't get in any trouble. Oh, <laughs> that was his reasoning. However, they both end up, um, I get a phone call from the police and they tell me they had my son that he was throwing rocks at a moving car. And I said, cause she's like, you know, this is so-and-so from the Metro police department. I said, are you sure you have my son? She said, ma'am, they all say that. Oh, <laughs> like, oh my goodness. And so I'm like, I don't believe this. So anyways, we, we, we go to the school and get him. And I'm like, first of all, why are you even going that way to school? Well, so-and-so was going to go that way. We want to make sure they weren't going to get in trouble. I said, that, that is not, you know, now you both got in trouble. You didn't keep him out of trouble. Yeah. But anyways, that day was his birthday and he was supposed to have a party. Hmm. And my thing was, you're not going to have, you're going to tell all your friends they can't come over. You're not going to have this party. That's what I wanted to do as a punishment because yeah. I was just like, you just got in trouble, you know, this big old thing. And so I talked to my pastor. I was so angry and I was more angry because the police called me and, you know, my stomach just sunk because I thought something happened to him, you know, yeah. but then to find out he did something this stupid. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> and so, so anyways, my husband and I talked to our pastors because I was like, oh, he's not going to have this party. And they told me, let him have the party anyway. Hmm. And I was like, well, what is that going to teach him? They said, you are going to represent 
God's unconditional love, even when he doesn't deserve it. But it's times like this that he gets to experience that because mm -hmm. he knows he doesn't deserve it. But the fact that you're going to let him have it anyway shows him that's how God does us. No matter how much we do that's wrong, he let he still gives us gifts. He mm. still provides. He still does things. And you're like, why, God? I, I'm not deserving. I don't need this. And so that's exactly what happened. We let him have the party anyway. And his eyes were big and he couldn't understand it. And um, we told him, you know, we said the, the biggest thing is we're not disappointed in you. We're disappointed in your choice. Mm. Because once you tell a kid you're disappointed in them, that really hurts their self-esteem. And then they grow up thinking they're disappointed. So you have to watch your words. We weren't disappointed in him. We were disappointed in the choice. But because we love him, we're not taking his birthday party away hmm. because this is his birthday. We're celebrating his life. Yeah. But the punishment was <laughs> like $400 for his birthday and his fine for doing that was $400 oh. and told him he was going to use his birthday money to pay for that fine. So because we have to teach them that you, they're still, God loves you. And yes, mm -hmm. he forgives you and he's still going to do good things for you, but there's still consequences to our choices mm -hmm. that we still have to pay. Oh, so what a that was the lesson. That was the lesson learned there. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing teachable moment. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that you listened to God in that and, you know, talking to your pastors and giving him the birthday party anyway, because I could have turned out very differently. He could have grown up yeah. really resenting yeah. that moment, but you showed him something amazing about God. Very cool. I'm like almost crying. <laughs> so beautiful. <laughs> so what would you say to, you know, a young mom, young-ish, I don't know, <laughs> a mom with kids who's feeling overwhelmed with parenting right now? Well, I would say, um, when you have young kids, the biggest thing for me was to take advantage of your available time. Because hmm. I remember, because um, my son's older than my daughter. So when she was like two, I remember trying to figure out this difference between them because they're six years apart. And they would argue, and I didn't understand that. Like, why is a six-year-old arguing with a two-year-old? Like, I don't understand this, you know? Um, so I read this book. I brought it out because I wanted to show you. It's called Preparing Him for the Other Woman oh. by um, Sherry Rose Shepard. And you can see I still have it all highlighted. I keep it yeah. in my war room. I keep it in my war room. I read this when he was that young. Um, and I still still have little good tabs there but the biggest thing i learned out of there and it it made me fall to my knees and pray that night was to take advantage of the available time that we have and that really stuck with me because none of us know how long we're going to be here hmm. so as frustrating as it is especially when they're a toddler and you you feel like I don't have time for myself. They're not listening. The house is in chaos. It's not organized. I can't do this. I can't do that. To take advantage of our available time. And that made me stop and enjoy the moment, even in the chaos, hmm. because I don't know when my time is up. Yeah. And so the available time that I have, I want to make the biggest impression as I can. I want to sow the most seeds as I can. I want mm -hmm. to influence the most that I can. And that came at a time where 
Um, my husband had just lost his sister to leukemia at a young, at like 30 years old before she turned 30. And a year later, his brother was murdered. And I was reading this book in the midst of that time. Wow. And so that's why it resonated so, so much with me because I was like, I don't, none of us know how long we're going to be here. And so I want to make sure that even if there's toys all over the place, that there's a teachable moment somewhere that I've sowed a seed somewhere that, that is lasting. And, and these young times aren't going to last long. And, and I'm not trying to be discouraging, but these are the easiest times. Yeah. Seriously, I really believe the older they get, the harder it is because there's so much other influence on mm. them. As teenagers, yeah. they're exposed to stuff that we were never exposed to as teenagers, you know, things yeah. that they're dealing with today. Um, like, I don't know how I would have survived as a as a teenager if I was exposed to the things that they're exposed to today. The older they get, it gets harder. So I would embrace this time and use your available time hmm. wisely. Wow. And find those teachable those teachable moments. Ooh, that makes me want to run upstairs and hug my kids. <laughs> <laughs> Find those teachable moments. Yeah. I had this book on my um, nightstand when I was first reading it. And I'd asked my son to go get me something out of my room. And he saw it. And he took a long time to get what I needed. And mm -hmm. when he came back, I was like, what were you doing? He goes, well, I was reading. I saw that book on your nightstand. And I thought, this is kind of cool. I opened it up and he read parts I highlighted. Oh, and he was like, I just think it's really cool that you're reading a book just for me. Oh, and um, he said, and there's a part in here that said, your boys have a better relationship with video games than they have their own parents. Ooh. And he was like, that part is really true, mom. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. And so, yeah, so that available, taking the available time is just so important because I know that if I were to go home today to be with the Lord, I know that I've sowed good seed hmm. and it will come out in their children somewhere down the road. Yeah. I know that good seeds were sown. Yeah. So. And I just read the other day, the word of the Lord does not return void. Like, no, it does not. You were right. We we're sowing good seed. <laughs> God will yes. do with it what he will. Yes. yes. Well, thank you so much, Timberly. This has been really encouraging. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your ministry and where we can find you online? You can find us at livingourpriorities.com. Super easy. You can mm -hmm. find us anywhere on social media, same, Living Our Priorities. Um, and our purpose is just to inspire people to live within the priorities of God, God, spouse, family, ministry, work, to live a life of balance, making time for what matters most. Um, because, you know, we live in a world where everything is about doing anything and everything, but you can't be good at anything if you're doing everything. <laughs> and when we do more than what God has for us, that leaves us in balance. And if we prioritize him first, we can work less hours and get more done just by prioritizing him and our family. So yeah, we, we tried to give biblical and practical resources to help people do that. Um, and a lot of our resources are free so they can find us there and have access to tools that'll help them help them live a more balanced life.